Hey everybody, welcome back to the Greater Things Podcast. Uh, This is Michael Willis with you once again. Uh, Back on for episode number 12. And for those of you that are keeping count at home, you're keeping count with me, I guess. Uh, I do want to apologize for, for, it's been two weeks now uh, since I got the last episode on. Baseball season and just everything with church has just got me super crazy busy. All of us are super crazy busy and Josh's work schedule and then it's just hard getting people to be able to do it at the same time. So I do want to apologize for that, but I do want to thank you for listening. Uh, you guys' support is just awesome to see and awesome to have, and I, I thank you guys. So we're back once again. I've got Josh and Eli. You guys mm-hmm. say hello and welcome back. Good to be here. Yep, good to be back on. <laughs> Uh, For those of you that don't remember Eli, Eli was on our episode uh, eight or something like that with Jordan Kilo. We talked a little bit. I can't remember what we talked about now, but uh, he was there for that day. So, so we were we were there. Oh, healings. That's correct. Uh, We were there that day. Eli's back for another round. Uh, I brought him back for a reason because he's part of the next generation in our eyes or in my eyes. Uh, He he's you're eighteen, right? You're Mm -hmm. eighteen now. Yeah. I'm sorry for throwing your age out there. He's 18. He's part of the next generation. But for the last few years, he's really sold out to what it is to be a, a sold out believer is what I and just a just a heart on fire. So uh, he's part of the next generation that's coming up after me and coming up after Josh as well. Uh, so this this episode is all about the kingdom and we may bounce for a couple of weeks on on the kingdom. But what the kingdom is and and ultimately how we can pursue and push and build the kingdom of God and doing the things that we need to do. So um, with that, we're, we're going to dive right in. But uh, I want to read Matthew 6 and 33. And for those of you that are reading at home, I read out of the MEV, uh, whatever you're reading out of, but I read out of the MEV. Uh, Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given unto you. Uh it, it's pretty simple. It's it, it's seek his kingdom and, and be righteous in your walk and do these things and, and all these things will be given unto you. And when he's here, he's telling he's talking to the disciples in this moment. He's telling you he's telling them at this time you're not going to have to worry for things. You're not going to have to worry about the things of tomorrow or the next day because when you're following me, when you're walking and worrying about the kingdom and walking in righteousness, I'm providing, I, I'm giving unto you. I'm, I'm making sure that you're taken care of. And that's what the father does when we, when we put his business first, as Robert says it, and I, I won't quote it correctly. One of you boys can quote it correctly here in a minute. But when we start hit, putting his business first, he'll take care of our business later. So, uh, that, that's, that's the true love and the nature of God. And, and a lot of people would say, well, you can't, you don't need to be pushing that, nat- that, that onto people. But why not do something for the one that gave his all for us, who gave his son Jesus? Why not pursue him? And he'll take care of us. His word says that. So yeah. if that's a promise and a guarantee from God that if, if we'll pursue the kingdom and, and do the things that he wants us to do and he'll take care of us, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? So yeah. so in doing the kingdom things, um, we, we've got a lot of places we're going to try to cover real quick. But I want to go back and forth. We're going to bounce back and forth with one another. But I want to talk about first what the kingdom is, what what it is, and what a kingdom is. And 
when you think about kingdoms and you think about dynasties and empires in history, we read about all these greats, Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, even Xerxes, who was Esther's husband. Uh, I have trouble pronouncing his, his other name, Asthenius or something like that. But Xerxes, who was over the Persian Empire at that time, had one of the greatest kingdoms and greatest empires there ever was. And, and if you read Esther chapter 1, it, it talks about Xerxes when he was when he was wanting to parade the spools of all his riches, of all the kingdoms that he had conquered, and he wanted to have a parade. So when we think of a parade, when I think of a parade, I, I think of these dreadful moments where the fire trucks are rolling through and it's like a hundred fire trucks for a town <laughs> as big as ours. You know what I mean? We've got all these fire trucks, all these loud noises, and it's a 30-minute parade and it's over. That's it. The kids are excited. They've got their candy. The people are glad. We've had a night out. We've had a good family night out. And that's it. But, but if you read chapter 1 of Esther, it says Xerxes had this parade and he was parading his riches throughout the town of all the people he had conquered. And it took 180 days. Now, for those of you that are good at math, you realize that's half a year. For those of you that need to catch on for a minute, let me tell you, that's six months that this parade went on. So six months they're having this parade uh, of these riches and everything that is going on. And Xerxes is parading it through his town. And then after the parade is over, he has another, another feast for seven days. So when they have this feast, after all this is said and done, it ended up being 187 days that they were all together celebrating what Xerxes has done. Now, now he's doing this because he's built this kingdom. He's conquered others. He, 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 and I know we're talking about Xerxes, and we'll get to the kingdom of God, but, but I want to lay a groundwork of what, what emperors and conquerors and people of that nature were trying to do. He was establishing that he had dominated that territory, that area, and that he was the main ruler over that land and letting them know that I have done enough for you people to be taken care of. I've got enough riches for six months' worth. So it got me to thinking. And this is exciting, and I know we're just five minutes into it, but I'm already excited. It got me to thinking about Isaiah when he talks about when his train filled the temple and, and when God's tr glory filled, the, you know, the train of his glory filled the temple. And it got me to thinking there's going to come a day where God's going to have this parade, but this parade that he's going to have, it's going to last through all of eternity. He has come. He has conquered all of the world. He has conquered the enemy. And this parade's not going to stop. Xerxes may have thought that he had a big parade for six months, but there's coming a day when every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, and the parade is going to start, and it's never going to end. And we're going to get to cry, holy, 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 day and night, to, yeah. day and day and yeah. day and to the Father, to the one who, who gave it all for us we're, with brothers and sisters in Christ who we've known on this earth and who we don't know. There's going to be people that we don't know, but when yeah. we get there, will know them because they serve the one just like we serve. And I, I, I'm ready for that parade. I'm excited for that parade. That's the kingdom of God. I want a parade that will never end. And that's what God's offering up to us. He's going to give us that parade. And, and, and once again, I know Xerxes was probably thinking, man, I've done something great. But the all-loving Father, he's prepared it for yeah. us. And, and, and ultimately, he's invited that we can all partake. Right. It was not just a parade because of what Xerxes, it, not what per, for Xerxes has done, but this is a parade for what God has done and what he has allowed us to partake in as well. We talked about it earlier. We're excited that we're, we get to be a part of this moment in time. So, ah, oh, guys, this is going to be exciting to me, but I know we're talking about the kingdom. So 
So I want to bounce off of this into you guys. I know Josh, you're gonna you're gonna read from Daniel Correct here in just yeah. a second, uh, but this goes right along with this this parade that's gonna last for eternity. I want you to read Daniel and tell us about that. Yeah, you know we're talking about the kingdom of God, <coughs> and me. you said you know what the kingdom is, and you know just just to kind of give you a glimpse of what I think the kingdom of God is. You know I think you know I didn't discuss it before the podcast started, but the scripture just came to me in in Genesis where God said to Adam and Eve, I'm going to give you dominion, dominion. over yeah. the earth. <laughs> Why would he need dominion unless there was a kingdom established yeah. in the beginning? Right. So God established that kingdom, and he left the first Adam in charge. But the first Adam gave that back to the enemy by yeah. falling in the garden. But it was the second, the last Adam, Jesus, who came, and he took back the authority and that dominion, and he's given yeah. unto us so unto that us. everlasting kingdom is now. And we're, like Mike said, that celebration's coming, but right now we're ruling, and the kingdom of God is, is in action. And, and Mike said, I've got a scripture here in Daniel, and there was a prophecy that Daniel had forth here, and, and I'm just reading from Daniel chapter 2. Uh, if you got your Bibles and you want to turn there, be in around verse 34. And I also read from the MEV. So if you got that and you want to look here, it's just, it's a prophecy about the kingdom of God and how it would be an eternal kingdom and it would last forever. And, and here it is. And just to lay a little groundwork, you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king there, the evil king had had a dream and it disturbed him. And he looked for a man who could interpret the dream. And so, you know, so he found Daniel, right? And Daniel interprets this dream. And I'm just going to read it from the scripture so I don't mess it up. But verse 34 says this. It says, You watched until a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image upon its feet, which were of iron and clay, and broke them to pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the image became, became a great mountain, and it filled the whole earth. And in the days of the kings, the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. That kingdom that, that Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. He had a great kingdom at that time, if you remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he had this dream that there was something that, that took over his kingdom. Yeah. And that kingdom was the kingdom of God. And yeah. Daniel seen it coming. And we are getting an opportunity to live out the dream that Daniel had. Yeah. He had the dream of the kingdom of God expanding across this earth. And, and we are taking back the kingdom for God. We're taking back this earth for God and yeah. the kingdom of God is spreading and it's growing and it will continue to grow because as it says there, Daniel says there at the end in verse 45, it says the dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. Is sure. That's it's what sure. Daniel said. Yeah. Daniel said, I see it. I know what's happening yeah. and it's, and it's really going to happen and it's for sure going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen. God's kingdom will rise and it will grow and it will last forever. Yeah. Well, and as you were saying that and, and talking about Daniel, the scripture that I read earlier in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Daniel's not in that place to interpret that dream if he's not seeking the kingdom of God. Because remember, he, he did the 21 day, the Daniel's fast, the 21 days. If he doesn't put himself in that position, 
to show himself approved of the righteousness and seeking the kingdom. None of that. None of that. He get, he doesn't get to see that. He doesn't get to partake in that. So it's an ultimate picture of if we're pursuing God and the kingdom and all of his righteousness, and he says, and these things shall be given unto you, Daniel doesn't get to give that interpretation if he's not in a place of walking where he needed to be for the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. and when we walk in the place that we need to be for the kingdom, God will use us to interpret dreams and to, and to do things for the kingdom of God upon this earth for it to continue to grow and to expand. Right. I mean, yeah. we're here for, I say that a lot jokingly, but I mean it, we're here for the takeover. Yeah. We're not just here <laughs> passing by, we're not just here for three score and 10 years, but we're here for a takeover. We're yeah. here to get back territory that the enemy thought he had and we're yeah. taking it back for God and this kingdom will <coughs> grow and whenever I turn this over to my daughters, this kingdom will be mm -hmm. expanding and it will not continue. It will not cease to expand because it says in Isaiah that, that, that his kingdom is an ever ex expanding kingdom. His, his government will always be expanding. His reign over this earth will always be expanding because his glory will cover the earth as the waters do yeah. cover the sea. Yes. Yeah. Right. You said that we're here for the takeover. I love that. And, uh, uh that got me to thinking, I, I think I sent y'all the video last night, but the video that you know, they had the big satanic gathering in, in Boston, one, mm -hmm. the biggest one ever recorded and 98 people were saved during that time because an evangelist and he was there in the darkest and what I would feel like would be spiritually the darkest of dark in the midst of the darkness yeah. and he was preaching the light and the gospel was hidden and covertly, 90, covertly preaching yeah, the gospel and 98 people give wow. their lives to Jesus Christ wow. in the midst of darkness they were brought to the marvelous light and I got I don't even know the guy but I got to commend the guy for at least doing that because yeah, yeah. how many of us would have just stayed away stayed away it was demonic yeah. you know or whatever you know we're not going to go anywhere None of us near are that gonna go to a, you yeah know, <laughs> and he's there in the middle of it preaching it and, and there was a lot going on in the video i don't know if y'all watched the video but the young lady's ripping up a bible mm -hmm. during that time frame there's a lot going on that that insulted eli i sent it to eli last night yeah. and i said man this is rough and he sends me back he said that got my spirit inside of me fired up that that bothered me and i'm i'm with him when i watched that young lady rip that bible it was like the spirit yeah. rose up within me and i'm like man i whew, it just fired me up it did but that's the kingdom, bringing the kingdom to the darkness. If that's what we've got to do, let's build the kingdom. Let's do it that way. Whatever we've got to do. You got something you want to add? No? Okay. So <coughs> so doing that, and, and I, want to, I want to say this and read this. When we talk about the kingdom, when I talk about the kingdom, you said what you said. I, I, talk, I think about when Jesus is talking to Peter, and he's looking over the valley, and he tells him, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. That, that is that in a, in, a, in a nutshell. That's what that is. Even, even when hell looks like it's conquering all over the earth, and, and when the enemy thinks he's got to make a statement to try to, to try to prove his point again, God still makes a bigger statement. God still makes a bolder statement. He still does those things. And, 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 he, and he told him, you know, he said, upon this rock. It was the starting foundation. It was, it was the building point. It was, it was the access granted for us that upon that moment when Jesus told Peter that, it was the beginning of the foundation. I'm building the rock. I'm building my church upon the rock. I am the rock. Jesus is the rock. He's the solid foundation. He's the cornerstone. And when we're building the kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is at hand, 
when we're building the kingdom, we're building it upon Jesus Christ. We're building it upon the rock, upon the one who gave his life. And, and that's what Jesus does for us. And, and when we're building, we're ultimately taking into effect the next generation. So, and, and we're, we're, I'm sure we'll dive in more later on and, and probably in the next episode for building the kingdom. But, but right now, as uh, we've got Eli here, the next generation... The next generation, you've got something. Yeah, I just wanted to go you, ahead. You were talking about Jesus being the rock, and when you said that, this scripture came to my mind, so I just want to read it. It says, and this is in Isaiah 51, it's talking about the rock, and it says, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you yeah. were cut and to the quarry from which you were dug. We were cut from that rock. That rock, mm -hmm. that rock is Jesus. Yeah. And it says there, you who pursue righteousness, wow. you who pursue righteousness, <laughs> if you pursue the righteousness of God, then you're cut from that rock, and yeah. that rock is Christ. Yeah. That's right. Wow. That's good. We are cut from the one who gave his life for us. Wow. That's good stuff. Woo. Hope you guys are feeling that like we are. Uh, so, man, when, when he said that, you know, and, and thinking of the next generation, I know we've got to move on, but, man, thinking of the next generation and and, and seeing the import, importance of what it is to have the next generation, this sounds like a, a sales pitch, but buy into what we're doing. But it almost almost is a sales pitch. The next generation has to see that we truly believe what we're saying, that we truly believe in what we're doing here, that we truly believe in everything that we're saying from that pulpit, everything yeah. that we're saying in our worship, everything that we're saying in our days of prayer. They've got to see that we believe that so that they can buy into the dream, they can buy into the vision. Because, you know, as the scripture says, where there is no vision, my people perish. If there's no vision mm -hmm. and the young people are not buying into the vision, there's there's no life there. There's no life going forward. So I was doing some I was doing some research, and we're gonna pass it to Eli here in just a second. But I was doing some research on, on what makes a kingdom last so long and what makes it stand so strong. And, and I talked earlier, come across many things, but but I come across Alexander the Great. And, and for those of you that don't know, Alexander was was the king of the ancient Greek uh, town uh, t uh, empire of Macedonia. So he became the king at age 20 after his king after his father King Philip II had died. And when he became king, he had a 10-year reign there where he never lost. So his military record is clean. He never lost a battle. He never was conquered anything like that. Uh he never lost. So Alexander the Great being this great king, he would go and conquer these territories. And I kind of wish Robert was here because Robert loves history. He says it all the time. He's a history buff. So brother Robert, when you're listening to this, this one's for you a little bit. Uh <laughs> Alexander the Great would go and conquer all these places, and, and he would stick his people in these places. You talked about it a little bit earlier, kind of an apostle situation there. But he would stick his people in these places, and what he was doing, he, he was embracing the culture change. So, so what, you're, what are you saying here? What he would do is he would send people that were established and firm and bought into the vision that he had for Macedonia, the empire that he was building. He would send them to places that he had conquered and 
begin to put them in places that they would teach the next generation. So what made his kingdom so great was when he would put those people there, those people they were teaching the next generation that you're going to buy into Alexander's vision for what he has for Macedonia and we're going to grow the greatest empire, which is going to make our empire great, our, yeah. our harvest great, our, our finances great, and our military is going to be great. And we're going to stand as the greatest empire that has ever stood this earth. And still to this day, there, there's great arguments for it, but Alexander the great still has the 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 top tier for being what it was to have a great kingdom and a great empire so for that thing he had to get those young people to buy in to what he was saying needed to be happening he had to get young people that said i believe this i see what he's doing and i believe it and i'm buying into his vision that speaks something because you need a leader that will say i've got this vision it sounds kind of crazy. It sounds because at the time he's a, he's basically a tyrant because he's going and conquering all these lands and all these people got to be thinking, wow, this dude's nuts for conquering all these places. And he, he's just crazy. So it's hard to buy into it. And it's the same way for, for a pastor or for a leader. I've got this vision. This is going to sound crazy. We're coming to conquer all the land, and we're going to buy back Johnson County. We're going to get back, or not buy back, but we're going to get Johnson County back for the kingdom of God. We're going to get Clarksville back. We're going to get Lamar back. We're going to get, you know, Hartman, Cole Hill. We're going to get all these places, O'Ark. We're going to get them back for the kingdom of God. But we need a generation after us just in case we don't fulfill it. Just in case we don't see it, we need the generation that's coming after us to want to bring that back. So Eli, I, I asked Eli today, I guess it was last night or today, I can't remember, but I texted him and I asked him a question. I said, what does the kingdom of God mean to you? What what does the kingdom of God in in Yeah, Gen, so this is, a, Gen Z. this is a Gen Z answer to this question. And yeah. I, I want you to open up about, we, you opened up a little bit about what the Gen Z, Gen Z generation wants as yeah. far as what you guys want. So I want you to open up about that because okay. you're the next generation. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the ones that are coming up after us. So so Robert has come. Robert is coming. Josh is here, and then I'm here, and then you're the next generation after us, mm-hmm. which me and Josh may be in the same generation. Right. But, but there will be people after you. There will be people after you. Yeah. That's Our kids are coming up after you. That's right. And I've told Eli this before in in – in, in class in the back, I've told him before that if I if I happen to pass away and my kids have to look up to him, they better know what church is and they better know the yeah. power of what it means to live a life of righteousness and following God and being set on fire. If it's up to Eli Mays, I, I believe my children are gonna gonna know what God wants to do in their lives. Mm-hmm. So for the next generation, speaking to if you're gonna speak to people that are coming after you, what is the kingdom of God, Eli? What is it to you? Yeah, first and foremost, you know, you always want to say, kind of like I was saying, like sales pitch, uh, it is so great to serve God and be in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm going to read later a little bit from Colossians 3, 23 and 24, but I want to hit 22 first. It caught my eye. I was reading a little bit before, you know, we didn't talk about this before, <laughs> but it says, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers. But in singleness of heart, fearing God. You know, this is talking to the servants here. You know, their commandments. Or the, he was talking to the fathers, you know, the children. But he's talking to the servants here. And what are we? We are servants unto God yeah. and, you know, to people. And so to fear God is one thing, but you also have to live it out. And that's what the kingdom of God to me is, is uh, let that light shine through you, which is God, right? Yeah. And so 
you know, that's what I see the kingdom of God as. And then also, you know, Gen Z, as we're talking about, what are they looking for? Something that's fulfilling and that is God because he is joy, he is love, and he is peace. And I believe that's what this generation needs. You know, some turn to drugs, alcohol, uh, pornography, things to fill that gap, but they will never fill that gap until they meet Jesus, right? Yeah. And so we'll go ahead and read from 23 and 24, Colossians 3, 23 and 24, and it says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Yeah. Wow. So, and, and, and for those that would say this, Eli, and I know you don't like us bragging on you, and, and I won't do it too much, but you gave up a lot of things at 15? 15? Yeah, around that age. 15, you gave up a lot of things, sports. Because for those of you that don't know Eli, Eli is a sports fanatic. Yeah. And he knows his stuff. And I'm not just saying that. He knows his stuff. He he can – there was one time we were sitting in the sound booth when the NCAA tournament was going on, and he's like, this situation, this is what's going to happen. Here's going to be this. I bet we get this seed. He was talking about Arkansas. Because if you don't know also, he bleeds Arkansas Razorback out of his pores. Yeah. I mean, he just bleeds it. So he's sitting in the back, and we're talking about this and all this, and he says all this, and I'm like, I'm going to look that up. Every scenario and everything that he said, every seed that he said was absolutely correct and on fire. And I thought, what in the world? I said, you had to look that up. He said, nope. He said, I recorded it. I don't want you to tell me all about it. I'm going to watch it when I get home. So you're a big sports fanatic, correct? Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. So you gave everything up at age 15. Mm-hmm. And most people would say you've probably had a dull life. No. When you say give up, what do you mean? When, when I say, yes, when I say give up, you stop playing sports. Yeah. You stop playing football. You love, you love football. Yeah. I'd Go ahead. Talk about Go ahead. This. Yeah. Um, you know, I, at the time, I didn't really know why, but I felt that I needed to um, quit sports, quite frankly. And, um, you know, a lot of people would ask me, and I couldn't give them the answer because I didn't know. For, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. But God knew the whole time. And I, I don't believe I'd be the man I am today without i'm not saying everybody should quit sports because but that was just for me yeah because i wasn't living the life that i was supposed to but now i am you know what i mean and so whenever i felt like i was supposed to do that i did it and i'm thankful that i did and i feel like if we follow the lord like that that's that's the thing we need to do yeah i know what you're saying and be led by the spirit i know you're not saying you know Eli's right. Not everybody should give up sports. That that's not what he's trying to preach at you here. Do what God says. Do what God says. Yeah. Yes. You've had fun, haven't you? Oh yeah. Uh, totally this fun. this these last three years, I would say it, I've been around him a lot of the time. We've had a lot of fun together yeah. and doing things and, and learning and growing in the in the love of God. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll get that thing out in a minute. And learning and growing in the love of God. Uh, and you would say, well, you know, a person like that would lose their popularity. I, dude's probably more popular now than I, than I ever was in school. And, and, and it's great to see because I've told y'all before, but when I went to do CSU, he basically ran Lamar school. He, he walked around that place like he owned the school. And that, that was a, uh, that was a forefront from, or a pretty cool thing for me because 
You're as a leader, you're coming forth and you're showing these people who Christ is and come into a room with 65, 70 people and he's leading in prayer. He's leading in worship, raising his hands when nobody else is in worship and closing out in prayer. I mean, that's the kingdom in action. That is absolutely correct. And that kind of goes back to like what I was saying earlier is we need those people to show the light. You know, we can, we can talk about it all day, but you have to show it. Yeah. And once you show it, that's the fulfilling thing, and that's what the next generation is looking for. Yeah. Genu- genuine. Genuine is what we yeah. talked about earlier. A genuine person that they want – you Gen Z wants the real thing. They, want they don't the, want just surface level. They want right. They want the deep. The... Yeah, and while we're on the sports topic, you know, uh, when, whenever I see sporting columns and read different things, the recruits are always talking about, you know, uh, Sam Pittman, we'll just take him mm-hmm. for instance. He is genuine. Mm-hmm. They want someone who is true. And so when you're true, that shows the trueness of God, mm-hmm. the love of God. Not the song goes, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And that's the kingdom inside of us, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Let that light shine. Yeah. And Jesus, is, when he said that, Jesus is telling the disciples how to pray. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So he wants the kingdom here on earth. And he's telling the disciples how to pray in that moment. So, uh, bouncing off that, Josh, I know you're going to read Matthew here. Uh, go to that and how that ties together with, with what Eli is saying, how, you know, we need that. We need unity for one, and this is what this is going to be now. We need unity in the body of Christ for the kingdom to work, but also people that are willing to work together. So, yeah, you know, in the the scripture there he had read in Colossians about, you know, living living it you know the kingdom in action you know mm-hmm. do what everything that you do do it as under the lord right you yeah. can you can go play golf and if you do it as under the lord i mean to me that's that's doing something i mean that's that's what the scripture says whatever we do if we do it under the lord we don't halfway do it we give people the real we give people our full effort you know that's that's what god wants he doesn't want us to just halfway do this thing he wants us to do it all the way you know and there are going to be times where it feels like that we're all alone like or or it feels like that there there is evil and there is there is bad things and and like is is the kingdom growing or is the darkness growing but but there's a scripture here and that's what i'm going to read in matthew where it talks about the wheat and the tares grow up together and 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 to the end you know when the harvest comes god will take care of that but we're called to be a light as you said eli that light that shines Mm -hmm. So we're to call to be that that wheat in the midst of the tares. That's what we're called to do. And I'll read that here, and it it goes with it. It says, in Matthew 13 and 24, says, He told them another parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. But when the shoots had sprung up and produced fruit, the weeds also appeared. So the servants of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, do you did you not sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? And he said to them, An enemy did this. The servant said to him, Will you then have us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the weeds, you also pull up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather up the weeds first and bind them in bundles and burn them but gather the wheat into my barn. So here Jesus is telling this parable about the wheat and the tares growing together until the harvest. 
And how I many knows Jesus said the harvest is ready, mm-hmm. but but the harvest is continuously going to be ready until until we reap that harvest. Yeah. But as we're as we're here, and as the kingdom of God is here, we're going to be in this earth as wheat among tares. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to live our light and let our light shine among the darkness, and let God do what He wants to do. And in the end, God's going to be the one that gets the glory. God's going to be the one that that you know. His way is greater than our ways, right? The scripture in Isaiah. His ways are higher than my ways. And why he decides to do certain things one way, and I would rather him just take the evil out, get rid of it, you know, just let all the good people be here, right? <laughs> take them out, God. Take out all the bad people. But right. but how many knows those bad people need saved? Because I was a bad person at one time. Yeah. I was a tear at one time, yes. and I became a, a wheat. Mm. You yeah. know, I, I was that tear that growed up and that, and that was just halfway doing it. I was just, it was lip service. I wasn't the real thing, and I was just playing church and doing all that stuff. I was was that that's that 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 tear that's mm-hmm. that just hit me that yeah. i was that tear yeah. mm-hmm. but because of god's grace now i am a wheat in yeah. that kingdom and i'm gonna let my light shine and this kingdom and i believe that that there that more of these tears that are among us are gonna see the light and it's gonna turn and it's gonna grow and the kingdom of god is gonna continue to spread and, and and like i said mike you said it if 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 god forbid and and time tarries and we go by the way of the grave and our kids are still here. They're going to need to know what the kingdom of God is yeah. and how the kingdom of God is supposed to act and, and how it's going to spread and how it's not going to end with them either. Yeah. It's not going to end with us, guys, us three here. Mm-hmm. It's not going to end with us, and it's not going to end with our kids, our grandkids. Until God tar- you know, as long as God tarries, until he comes back and he reaps the harvest, yeah. the final harvest, yeah. until, until that happens, this kingdom will continue to grow as daniel said it will this mountain will be massive the ma- mountain of god the kingdom of god will be massive yeah well you said that about about you're the terror we're the terror i'm with you and and, and it, i think that's a hard pill, pill for everybody to swallow that he loves somebody like that just like he loves me yeah and and, and coming into the church i guess that's where the where the kingdom needs to be in our hearts is Somebody likes, you know, Robert's on the big spill about the 2% of meth users. Somebody that you know is addicted to meth walks into your church. God loves them the same yeah. just as he loves you. Yeah. And, and that sometimes is, is a hard pill for people to swallow that he can love somebody like that or right. do that. But he does. He does. <laughs> he does. And it does not say that he did it for just this group of people or he did it for this church. He done it for all of us that anyone that would call upon the name of the Lord, they would be safe. It doesn't say this group of people, this body of people says anybody that'll call upon the name of the Lord, they should be saved. Yeah, they, they shall, shall be, be saved. saved. Go right ahead. You know, I was, I was listening to Caleb earlier. I'm, I think it was on the way back from Clarksville. And uh, they said this, it was something of the nature of, you know, we get mad at people after we hear something, but God still loves us after he knows after he because knows. he knows us. And that's how it goes with everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he loves all of us the same. And that's why he's so great. Yeah. Wow, that's good. And, and just to think, you know, and the Bible says, and this is one scripture that I do love, it's he's no respecter of a person. <laughs> so that, that means that he has the same love, the same compassion, the same grace, all that for this for all of us in a, in a way. So 
That's the loving nature of God. That's what's bringing the kingdom forth. It's unity. And I know you got something you want to say about unity. Maybe Uh, it's unity. It's saying that when these people, when people like that walk in and not turning our head at them, not frowning at them just because they sit in your seat, don't run them off or don't get, don't get mad. Love on them. Be there for them. They, they need that loving compassion because they're in a place where they're not feeling anything and they're in a place where they've walked outside of what God has for their life and they feel alone and they just need to feel that love in their life. So that, that brings ultimately unity into the body. It brings unity with one another. And if we can work together and we can get past everything that tries to pull us down as the body of Christ and we can be united, we'll do the greater things that God has talked about. So, Eli, you got something you want to talk about unity real quick? Yeah, I wanted to hit on the unity thing real quick. And, you know, we go back to 1 Corinthians 12, and it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, but that is filled in us, right? And so when we talk about, it's talking about the hand or the foot to the hand, you know, saying, are you not part of the body? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We are all part of the body. And that's what the unity brings together for the kingdom, right? Yeah. And so you're asking me if that's a vital role in, in building the kingdom. I think it is because we'll hit back showing that light and saying, you know, you're welcome. Yeah. You can come. Uh, I did, for instance, uh, I was talking to a guy at school at the beginning of the year. He's one who uh, got in trouble a lot. And I, he said, you know, I don't really feel like that's my place. I said, it's for everyone. You know, that's the uniting part. Just come. And, you know, he said he's really glad he came. And now he's starting to come every time. So th- I think that's how showing that light and that uniting the love of God really builds the kingdom. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're called to be a city, a light, a city on a hill, <laughs> a light that can be seen and can be shown and people can know it. So uh, I want to I want to read real quick and, and we'll we'll start wrapping this up uh, in Luke 17 and 27, chapter 17 and verse 20 and 21. He, he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. And he answered them. Jesus is answering them. Here. He says, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say here it is or there it is. For remember, the kingdom of God is within you. I want to read that one more time so it sticks real good because repetitive reading sticks real good for me. He says, he answered them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say here it is or there it is. But remember, for remember, the kingdom of God is within you. I don't need the four corners of this building to be the church. I don't need all this stuff to, I don't need the instruments. I don't need those things. I don't need the chairs. I don't need the pulpit. The kingdom of God is within me. We are the church that Jesus was telling Peter about upon this rock. I'm going to build my church. That spirit, that kingdom lives within us, and it's not shaken. It's not tore down. It's not broken. It's not defeated. I know Alexander the Great had a great military record, but there is one that has a greater military record than anybody. Fell eventually. Yes, his, his empire fell eventually. Yep. Correct. But there is one empire and one kingdom that's not going to fail, that's not going to fall, that's not going to be broken. His Thank military you, record will never be defeated mm-hmm. because he has conquered everything for us and given it for us because the kingdom could be here on earth and he shares it with us 
all these things he has unto us and he shares it with us. Yes. He's God. He don't have to he don't need us. He don't he don't have to allow us to partake in this, but the loving Father and the nature of his goodness says that if you'll walk in righteousness and you'll walk in unity and you'll come together and you'll see these things be done, you'll be the light. You'll be the the light, the city that's set on the hill. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Be the light and be that and you don't have to have all this stuff. You can be the kingdom because the kingdom lives within you. And that's what it's about. It's establishing his kingdom, but also letting the next generation know this is the kingdom and this is what needs to be done. And we want you to carry it out because God wants you to carry it out. You got something you want to add? I was just, you know, when you were talking about the, the every, some things can be shaken or whatever, I was just thinking about the scripture in Isaiah says everything will be shaken. Yeah. And any, everything that can be moved will be moved. Will be moved. But the kingdom of God will not be shaken because right. Daniel prophesied that the kingdom would last forever. Forever. And, and how many knows Jesus is on his throne? Without a king, there's no kingdom. That's right. yeah. But we have a king who is seated at the right hand of the Father yeah. that is ruling from heaven right now. He is ruling and he is reigning and this kingdom is expanding and his kingdom will not come to an end like Alexander and Xerxes, all these people yeah. that have come before because their kingdoms... It had a, a you know a flash. It had a, it had a little bit of glory there for a little bit, but God's glory will last for forever. all of eternity, forever, forever from now Amen. until ever. And His kingdom will forever be can be growing and, and and just and just doing what God has called us to do. We get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of this kingdom that is growing. Yeah. And, and teaching the next generations, the the Gen Z, and even the, the there's Gen Z. There's more after Gen you. I don't X. even know what. Yeah, Gen yeah, yeah. I'm not Gen even X sure they they've up. got names for yeah. for the babies now. I mm -hmm. don't even know what they call them. But you know, it's uh, these generations that are coming after us. Yes, they're gonna need to know that there's a kingdom that is not shaken and that is has a sure foundation, as it says in Ephesians. That the, the foundation and the cornerstone thereof is Jesus Christ, yeah. and that's 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 what the next generations right. need to yeah. know. And, and as you said, they need to see it in action, not just in words. Yeah. They need a gospel. They need a kingdom in action, not yes. just in words. His glory is carried from generation to generation to generation, man. And our kids get to partake in that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and eventually, whenever you get older much older your kids and your grandkids mm -hmm. get to partake in that and, yeah. and what an awesome blessing that is to think about that god wants to do that for us man it, it blows my mind i'm excited i'm excited for what god is Very doing good. here on the earth i'm excited for his kingdom to come as as you said it and we talked a little bit about it what you know gen z uh i'm thankful for the moment we're living in because if anything the prayer room i don't know my kids I'll talk about my kids for a minute, but the prayer, we've been having prayer for 12 weeks now on Saturdays, or 11 weeks on Saturdays opening the church. That prayer time is even showing my kids, and this is something, you know, wild that we're giving up our time to come and pray, but they see it, they love it, and they know what it's about, and they understand, hey, this is for a reason. This is to help those and, and inspire and, and and help build into the kingdom and all those things and to just show the light because they realize we're building for them. It's not about what dad wants to see. 
we've been me and us three i guess all of us we've been blessed to see a lot over our lifetime Mm -hmm. but i want my kids to see way more than i've ever experienced i want them to experience his glory way beyond the compare that i've ever experienced it in my life dreams visions and signs and wonders i want their life to be that to be the highlight of their life that signs and wonders followed them because they believed in him so you read that about not being shaken and i I will end on this how's that Hebrews 12 says, let, uh, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable wor- worship for reverence and awe. There's one thing I can do. I can, I can worship the Father, and I'm in awe of Him every day of my life. I'm in awe that as we look outside, the sun is shining so brightly. The trees are got their green. They're luscious. They look beautiful. I'm in awe of what God does. We've taken our next breath, every breath that we take. I'm in awe of him, and I, I, and I love to worship God. I know you guys do too, but I love to worship him. And I'm thankful that the kingdom that we're building, as you said, cannot be shaken. Everything else will not be shaken. Will not be shaken. It will not. It cannot. It's not even possible. Yeah. Because the eternal king is on his eternal throne. Yeah. And ruling and reigning. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And we are heirs and joint heirs. With Christ Jesus. Wow. Kingdom that can't be shaken. Kingdom that can't be shaken. So for those of you that are listening, it's more important to invest in the kingdom. It's more important to invest in what the kingdom of God is doing. If your pastor has a vision and and it's all about the kingdom, buy into that vision. But also buy in for the next generation. Buy into what God is doing right now and believe what you're saying. Believe what you're preaching. Live out what you're preaching, what you're saying every day of your life. Do those things so that others can see the light, can see that you're living that life so that kingdom that will not be shaken can continue to be built for your children and for your next generation and for the generations after that. I don't know how far, how they're going to keep naming them, but Gen Z, Gen X, Gen everything that comes after that, all those generations, let those generations be captured by the glory of God. I guess if that can be an ending prayer, let those generations be captured by the glory of God and by his kingdom being invested into them and their hearts and lives. The ones that are born and being born to this day and the ones that are not even being thought of yet, except by God that he is going to put into people's lives. Amen. We've talked of this the generations that are coming, the babies that are coming, let them know that God is real and let them see it live through those that are coming before them and they know that the kingdom of God lives within them and it's not just here it is or there it is, but it lives within them. Amen. Amen. I love it. You guys got anything? We good? Good. Amen. Uh, And I love you guys. Thank you guys. Eli, thank you for being on. Josh, as always, thank you for being on. Yeah. It has been awesome. I'm sure we'll have Eli back because, man, you, you do a good job, and we love having you here. So uh, this is Michael Willis once again with the Greater Things podcast. We're truly believing for the greater things to happen. It's not just the name of a show. We're believing that putting this stuff out there. God's kingdom we're, will yes, have greater things. God's kingdom, yes. God's kingdom is yeah. going to have greater things, and that's what we're believing for. We believe that God's kingdom will be established here on earth as it is in heaven. And his glories are going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So we love you guys. Thank you for listening once again. Hope you enjoy the show and pray you have a good week. God bless.